the first podcast from the Hollywood podcast. I never thought I'd ever be making a podcast. It's crazy. So basically, I'm just going to explain like what's happening with this podcast, why am I doing it, where it's going to be, how it's going to happen. So yeah. So basically, I've been wanting to make a podcast for a while now because obviously, I'm the biggest fan when it comes to RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, 100% and watching like theory videos and watching like queens on Instagram live talking about it I'm t like I watch like every little bit of information I can get on RuPaul's Drag Race like all the time like it's insane So I really wanted to start this podcast just to like you know do kind of like a review of, of like each episode and I thought it'd be great to start on season 10 I did really want to start on um, All Stars 3 but I don't know like it I just never got on with it because I didn't really know how to start it or like how to do it but at the same time All Stars 3 was kind of like a shit season do I dare say it was just really underwhelming and it was kind of like it was just all over the place like even with Trixie winning like I'm happy I love her like I'm all for like drag so whoever won I was gonna love that either way but I just kind of thought it was a bit kind of rigged and I don't know it, it was just all over the place and I could tell that the producers knew that obviously they fucked up when, you know, Bendela quit herself. Oh, like, I just, I, like, the producers knew, obviously, because they put out Drag Race Season 10 straight after All Stars 3, and I think it was just kind of to take the t attention away from All Stars 3, and, you know, the fact that Aja kind of got robbed when it came to certain challenges and stuff, and Shangela was robbed, I just, I can't, anyways. Um, so yes, this podcast is based around RuPaul's Drag Race, I'm going to be reviewing each episode as we go along to the finale. I don't know if I'm going to continue after season 10, we'll see how this goes, if people receive it well, etc, and see if I don't ramble too much, because I... I have this um, issue where I like have eight conversations with myself and it's crazy like I can literally bounce from each subject like that and people just get so lost so let's hope I stay on track with this. <laughs> so yeah I'm going to upload this to iTunes, I'm going to try my best. If you are listening then great it's worked, it's gone on iTunes but Basically, when you submit a podcast to iTunes, it roughly takes around um, three days to get the approval. So basically how it works is somebody from, is it called like iTunes support or, I don't know what you call them, customer support or whatever. Apparently they listen to your podcast just to make sure that there's no um, copyrighted music or anything like that in there that shouldn't be there. Of course I'm allowed to swear and stuff like that, but obviously, yeah, they've just got to check if it's nothing, you know too damaging and also I'm going to upload each podcast as soon as I've recorded it and submitted it to iTunes. I'm going to upload it as a video as well to my YouTube channel youtube.com slash this is Ollie Green. I haven't used that channel in a long time however it is the channel that I first started out with so I really want to use that channel more now for like you know, story time videos, my opinions on like my favourite TV shows and stuff like that. I also don't know if this podcast is going to end up, you know, after the show is finished, um, after you know, after this season's finished, not the entire show. But I don't know whether I'm going to use this podcast to discuss other themes and subjects as well. I might do if people are into it, but obviously if not, then that's absolutely fine. But that's why I'm just calling it the Hollywood Podcast and not Hollywood Reviews RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, also, I'm trying to like get everything out before I start. But also, if you're not familiar, my drag name is Hollywood. That's why I always call myself that when I'm in drag. If people are confused or they're like, bitch, your name's Ollie Green, why are you putting Hollywood? Yeah, that's my drag name. Right, so I think I've got everything that I wanted to off my chest that needed to be said. So yeah, it's uploaded to this Solid Green as well as iTunes, and yeah, I'm going to try and keep this well and truly short. I think I want it to be between 30 minutes long to an hour long, an hour being as, you know, late as it can go, just because I hate listening to really, really long things. But yeah, I just wanted to make a podcast because I love listening to Novimpia's RuPaul's Drag Race Review. They're a drag queen couple here on YouTube. Absolutely amazing. I love their back and forth chemistry. I'd love to have other people on this podcast as well, but bitch, I barely have any friends. Like, I'm at home every day. That's why I'm overworking myself with fucking podcasts, YouTube videos, fucking everything. Like, bitch, I never rest. But who knows, maybe I will have some guest judges on here to, you know, say their opinions as well with me because I like hearing other people's views as well. I also love watching Soju's Shot with Soju's review on YouTube where she does, you know, the review of each episode with guest judges as well and as well as other podcasts. I love listening to um, Jenna Marbles and Julian's podcast. But yeah, I just love listening to podcasts when I'm like on a bus or like, you know, where, you know, where I'm like traveling somewhere. I just love listening to podcasts. So I thought why not make one for maybe some people who are like bored in the car and want to listen to some baby drag queen, you know, talk about other people's flaws. 
<laughs> but yeah, enough rambling, so let's just get into it. So, the first queen, actually I should preface by saying, I'm going to be doing a toot and boot kind of situations with the entrance outfit looks by the 14 queens. If you're not familiar with toot and boot, it is basically off of Wild Presents YouTube channel where Raven and Raja toot and boot the queen's looks from the show and also their social medias. So if you're not familiar, toot basically means it's a good look, too. Boot is basically, bye girl, it looks terrible, trash. There is also um, shoot, and shoot is basically like yas, like everything, basically. So let's start off. So Eureka is the first queen that walks into the workroom, and I absolutely love Eureka. I'm actually kind of rooting for her in a way, just because I think that, like, watching all the interviews and stuff after she finished Drag Race, like, just seeing how, like, funny and, like, I don't know, just like relatable she was. I like got to liking her a lot more, especially because of on season nine. There was a lot of hate towards her, I feel like, when they didn't really need to be. Just because of, you know, the remarks that she made about eating disorders and stuff like that, which obviously I get is a very heavy topic and she shouldn't have really gone there, but she apologised for it straight after, you know, and what would have been shittier in my opinion is if she apologised like after the season finished, because then it would have been like sis but no she seems like a really nice person i don't think she deserves the hate that she gets but yeah let's toot and boot these outfits so sis she's getting a two and you know why because some of the queens that walk through this entrance room this season and this happens on other seasons as well i don't feel like they deliver a look that's entrance worthy like if you're doing an why is my cat staring at me <laughs> she's like are you talking to me um but no i feel like some queens just enter the workroom and don't look like the work like entering the workroom of RuPaul's Drag Race which is like the gay Olympics I just don't I don't understand it um we're gonna get to those ones anyway but the reason why I say that is because if you are you know if if you go home first episode and you walk in in a really shitty look you will be remembered for that shitty look <laughs> and you want to give off a really grand first impression like this is RuPaul's Drag Race season 10 you do not need an excuse to look trash you know it's not season one two or three where you have an excuse of you know it's the earlier seasons i can look a bit shittier like no this is season 10 bitch there's been many you know if you think about it there's been around 13 seasons actually because of all stars so sis you have no excuse to look shit but no <laughs> I'm going off about nothing that's even happened yet. But no, Eureka, like, I live for this look. It's very much like Phoenix rising from the ashes, in my opinion. It's like a better version of Kennedy's, you know, chicken runway that time. <laughs> but no, I just think she looks great. It looks great on her body. Like, it just really suits her, this look. I love all the colours. I love the makeup as well. It kind of goes with it. And it just, yeah, absolutely adore it. And I found it so funny when she was talking to the chair. But okay, sis. Okay, so next was Asia O'Hara. Um, I don't know what I think about this look. This is what's, like, hard on me, is that, like, this isn't my aesthetic, so I wouldn't really wear anything like this. I'm going to give her a save, too. I love the whole fringe. If there wasn't any fringe, then I think that this would kind of be a basic look. But, yeah, I give this a very, very save, too. Like, she's just hit the nail on the head just but very much i really want to say that she is a very beautiful queen and beautiful guy out of drag i think she's got like a really beautiful like aesthetically pleasing face like you can tell that she's one of those queens that don't need a lot of makeup to look fishy but she just looks gorgeous but in my opinion asia does need to step it up in terms of fashion because that that was kind of safe like just boarding on safe cute look but i wouldn't have worn it for an entrance this would be like a a uh, event look I guess. And next was Miss Cracker, who I love. Okay, Caitlin, time for dinner! Oh my god, I loved her entrance so much. Like, bitch, yes. My only issue is that she should have held that, okay, Caitlin, time for dinner, for like a good five minutes. <laughs> like Sasha Velour's scream on season nine. <laughs> I'm nearly boarding this on a shoot, but I'm gonna keep it to a spot on toot. Purely because I really, really do love this dress on her. Like, the detailing, if you are watching this on Netflix or in HD, because last night I was streaming this on a um, live stream with Michelle Visage, because apparently she was watching from Ireland, because obviously they don't have Drag Race either, just like the UK. You know, that airs the same time as America, so she was watching <laughs> in this live stream, even though that that's kind of illegal. Not for her, but I just mean it's kind of illegal to, you know, stream live a television show but i just found it funny that michelle was watching <laughs> like along with us so yeah but then the live stream that i was watching that was hd like literally got taken down straight away and then i was watching some live stream off of like a bougie television and like i couldn't tell any details like 
of all the Queen's dresses. But seeing it now the next day, because it is on Netflix in the UK, um, seeing it the next day, like, Miss Cracker's dress is so detailed. Like, if you can see it, the amount of stoning work that is in that is gorgeous. This hair as well that goes into, like, like, as Asia O'Hara said, a fucking grapefruit. <laughs> like, this ball like oval shaped thing on a head I live if you are not familiar Miss Cracker does amazing hair work I actually found her on Instagram before the show started because basically there was this picture of her riding the subway and the top of her hair was hair wrapped around like a square and basically I think it turned into a meme because people were there saying when you rob a tv from Best Buy and like as soon as I saw that hair like I just stand because I just thought bitch you really did that like I don't know, like, I just feel like people, some people who aren't familiar with Miss Cracker are definitely going to be underestimating her in a way, just because they'll probably think, you know, basic queen or that she's copying Aquaria. But I, like, if you aren't familiar, like, please YouTube her as well. She performs amazingly. And at the same time, she has a YouTube channel, which is Review of the Chew, where she reviews the Drag Race episodes, and she's just so funny, so quick-witted. I love this look. I love her. I'm low-key team Miss Cracker. Like, I know I'm already taking teams quite early, but I'm I'm definitely team Miss Cracker, I will say that. Okay, so next up walk-in was Yuha Hamasaki. Did I even say that right? I really hope that I did. I loved the entrance. It was so mysterious, you know, you know, twirling the umbrella, and I absolutely loved this gown. So she definitely gets a toot from me because this outfit was absolutely gorgeous, and the hair, and just, like, the details of, like, the jewels and the accessories that she put with it, like went so beautifully well, and obviously this dress was referencing to Chinese culture, even though um, her second name is Hamasaki and that's Japanese, as Miss Cracker said, and then she responds, well, you're not a biological woman either. <laughs> so, there we have it, ladies, but yeah, definitely a two. I really like her personality as well, and out of drag, bitch, she looks so feminine and, like, womanly, like I'm gagged, like, she could give Gia Gun like, a run for her money when she was on Drag Race, like, she looks stunning out of drag like absolute baby face i forgot to talk about miss cracker out of drag as well like she looks so cute as well but like what's so weird is that i'm used to seeing like her always in drag that when i saw her out of drag like it looked what i was expecting but with the brows going like downwards as opposed to her really high arch brows like i was kind of shocked like a little bit but she's like a cute man as well and isn't she like 35 or something and she looks like a baby still. <laughs> okay, so next we have Blair St. Clair, who I actually, like, am kind of obsessed with. Mm, but sis, I, oh, I, oh, oh, I, oh, I don't know what to say about this look. Aesthetically, I got where she was trying to reference, you know, very, like, Broadway, New York, next door girl, you know, I'm just wearing a trench coat and sunglasses and heels, kind of, like, like, I get the look. Great hair, by the way, I really love the hair, but I just, oh, I, I don't know how to explain it. I just think, like I said earlier, I just think for Drag Race, for your first entrance look, there needs to be something about it that kind of has, like, a pizzazz to it. You know, so I'm a girl that's, like, obsessed with sequins and rhinestones. I'm not trying to say that if she shoved rhinestones on this, then it would have been safe. But I just think it's kind of... Like, I don't know, it's just all my personal opinions, but I would never wear <laughs> a trench coat for my season 10 entrance look. And the thing is, can I just say that I have watched interviews with her on Shot With Soju and on other um, YouTube channels as well. And she can be very creative. Like, the look that I saw on um, Shot With Soju, she had, like, a dress that she wrote all these Reddit comments all over, like, comments that the Drag Race fans already made about her before the show even started all over this dress, like, the way that it was made and how creative it was, I just kind of wish that she did something creative more for a first time. I understand that these girls are trying to walk in and make sure that they get who they are across straight away. Like, you know, I mean, definitely when you look at Blair, you would say, you know, Broadway girl, very next-door chic girl, you know what I mean? So she's got the point across, but like I say, I mean, she didn't go home this episode, but like I say, I just think that it's important that queens, you know, kind of make a grand amazing, you know, impression when they come through the doors of RuPaul's Drag Race, because what I don't understand is a lot of them make the good impression when they're on the season finale, when it's, like, the reunion and stuff like that, but I think it's more important to make a big impression on your first episode. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Oh my god, out of drag. Bitch, she's 22. She looks fucking 12. Um, I don't know, like, she, oh, she's just so cute out of drag. Like, she has that baby face with the gorgeous lashes. 
But literally, I'm fucking screaming because the other day I saw a meme where somebody compared her to looking like Incrediboy from The Incredibles. You know, Incrediboy, and then he turns into the villain. Oh my god, I could not stop laughing for a good five minutes because I. That's all I can see now. That's all I can literally see. But no, like, I love Blair. I'm kind of rooting for her in a way. Like, I really want to show a more creative side. And yeah, like, Loki, this look gets a safe toot from me, if I've already not said that. Okay, so next was a Monet exchange. And sis, she came in here to sweep up the competition. And bitch, I live for this look. I live. This is what I'm talking about when I'm saying make a good impression on your first, like, walk through the door. She came in, body on point. She had the reveal ready into this kind of boiler leotard jumpsuit situation with sequins all over it, hair on point. This is a two. This fully gets a two for me, like this look and the accessories, everything is so right. And I fully agree with Trixie when she says that like, Monet is a pretty bob. <laughs> because literally there was one point where I like wasn't looking at the screen and I was just listening to Monet Exchange talking and I literally thought, oh my God, is that Bob? Like dead ass sounded just like Bob and looks like a prettier version of Bob. I'm screaming. Out of drag, she's really cute as well. Like I'm, everyone's really cute this season. Like there's no ugly <laughs> boy. <laughs> like no one's ugly this season, which I'm not trying to say that there have been ugly people, but you know. There's some people who look, you know, less put together, I'll just say that. Okay, next, speaking of not put together, next is Cameron Michaels. And, oh my god, I hate it. I hate it. Oh my god, I hate it. Like, sis. Oh, sis. Sis. This hard lace front looking like Kelly Mantle in the friggin in that one challenge where she made a bacon dress. I just can't. What have I wrote down on my notes for it? I just wrote down basic floral dress. Did I lie? Did I lie? The harness is a cute accessory. I just can't get over this wig. I don't know if it's the wig that's really pulling me away from this look. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's just something. There's just some elements that I'm not living for when it comes to this, you know? The high heels that come up with the ankle straps. Oh. And then this weird, oh, I don't, I don't know. I just, is it even a, well, it, it is a dress, obviously, but like, it's got legs to it. And then the legs have got slits down the front. This is so confusing. I don't know. I just hate the necklace. This hard lace front wig. Oh, this hard front wig. No. No, after Kelly Mantle wore that, you should never wear something like, oh, no. I, I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. And when she was like, uh, I tried auditioning for the pit crew, but <laughs> I guess this will do. Oh, you know she's not going to do well in the acting challenges. You know this bitch is not going to do well. Because the voice that she put on for that, I was like, oh, God, girl. girl. I just... See, here's the thing. When I saw the um, promotional pictures, you know, when they have, like, the season 10 photo shoot, where they're in, like, all the neon looks, I kind of thought her look was fierce. I loved the wig. She looked a lot more glamorous in that compared to this. This is giving me, like, Real Housewives, like, stay-at-home mum... Oh, I don't... I just... Oh, my God, I just hate it. And as for people saying, you know, that she's the trade of the season, I really don't think that she's that good-looking of a guy either. Like, yeah, she's decent, but... Oh, my God, these queens, you see a six-pack and they just run a mile with it. <laughs> oh, my God, I just... No, I just absolutely boot this look. I just absolutely hated it, and I just want this erased from my head. Oh, my God, let's move on quickly to Mayhem Miller. Bitch... I lived for this velvet gown. This is how you do that fucking runway correct. Remember the cake runway where they had like the velvet gowns? Oh, and Miss Stacey Lane Matthews did the velvet dress and oh, it was just a mess, sis. We're not gonna talk about that though. This is how you do the red velvet runway right. And Mayhem looks good as fuck out of drag as well. Like she looks like a hot man. The one thing I do want to say is that her relying on the Drag Race clique that she has outside of the show is already kind of getting a little bit tired how she's like, I'm best friends with Morgan, I'm best friends with Detox, I'm best friends with, you know, I'm like, okay girl, we get it, but they all lost too. <laughs> like she gets an absolute toot for this look, the accessories, the gown, absolutely gorgeous, and her time is now. We know of Mayhem off the show, she's been very successful off the show in terms of doing Marco Marco Runways, she's been on other shows as well in drag, and obviously she's best friends with a lot of the, like, 
Drag Race alumni and she does a lot of their shows with them. So she's very much up there with being a well-known queen off the show as well as on the show. So I'm really excited to see like how she does on this season. Okay, so next is Calorie Kardashian and oh my god, I low-key hate this as well. Oh, oh sis, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like here's the thing, I feel like if I met Calorie, and I was, like, friends with Calorie, I feel like we'd get on because... Purely because of the fact that, like, she seems very, like, with today's pop culture, you know? Like, she's all about the Kardashians. You know, her look on the entrance look was very, like, Instagram thotty. Like, I'm kind of living for that. But the only reason I hate this is purely because of, like... Oh, like, sis, this white leotard with the black undergarments, with the denim boots, with the small little biscuit heel. Oh, no. Like, the hair and makeup is absolutely gorgeous, in my opinion, but it it was just very basic, and it wasn't even done well, in my opinion. And, oh, my God, can, oh, can we talk about this? Like, I'm already sick of her talking about how she can twerk. Oh, like, it's not even twerking at this point. Like, have you ever seen a white person just try and twerk, and they're just stood there shaking their knees, and they think that their ass is moving? Oh, that's just what I get from when Calorie does her twerking. Like, oh. I don't know, like, I do really like her. She does seem really sweet. But this entrance look was just a boot to me. Out of drag, she looks really cute as well. Like, I'm really confu confused because, you know, like, seeing her as a girl is like a blonde and then seeing her as a guy where she's, like, got this really dark, you know, black-brown hair. And she's, like, kind of cute and, like, yeah, I don't know. Let's go on to the next queen. Who do we have? It is Monique Hart. And bitch, I live for Monique. I live. Can I just say, when I look at Monique, I see a lot of myself in this bitch, and I don't know why. I think when it comes to outfits and aesthetic, I really relate to this bitch. You know, the, like, kind of big back-combed hair, you know, the two-piece kind of outfits. I love, like, a skirt and a crop top kind of situation. You know, I love that kind of, like, you know, gap in between where the stomach is. Oh, I live, and I love for this outfit as well. What did I write down for my notes? I wrote, two-piece golden car wash outfit. <laughs> and I gave her a two, which is well-deserved. I love Monique as well. Like, she just has a lot of energy. I really like Monique's first impression and her makeup. Like, she just seems really like that confident bitch, but she's that confident bitch where she doesn't have to turn down others. Like, I'm really living for that. And I absolutely gagged when she asked Miss Cracker what her name was, and she went, Cracker. And her face literally, like, you know, her eyes were open so wide. She, like, literally was about to have a nosebleed. She was like, oh, oh, okay, Miss Cracker. Okay, okay. Living for Monique Hart, like, honestly, I really didn't think I'd fall in love with this bitch too much, but I kind of am falling in love with her. Oh. Also, just a side note, but I am living for the amount of POC queens on this season. Like, yes, we need more Asian queens, black queens, and I absolutely live that there is, like, a good diversity when it comes to this season. You know, it's not just, like, 18, you know, white blonde bitches, but I'm kind of living when it comes to this season. Like, there definitely needs to be more of this, because as Eureka said, like, there is a lot of flavour when it comes to this season, like, for sure. Okay, so next we have Dusty Ray Bottoms, and... Oh, I have a problem with this entrance look. Okay, so in her words, she says that she is dark, glamorous, and trashy. Sis, oh, I do not get that from this look. The boots, they scream goth. They seem trashy and dark. Yes, totally get that. The gloves with the sequins, the dark ones, absolutely love that as well. The hair screams dark, nasty, glamorous. I love that as well, and the makeup too. What I have an issue with is this white plain t-shirt with holes in it, you know, Yeezy season three is shaking, and this big puffy, you know, pink skirt dress situation, this tall dress. <sighs> Girl, a white t-shirt and a pastel pink tall dress, is that really gonna scream dark, glamorous, and trashy? Like, oh, she should be glad that she, like, you know, got onto the next episode because if this was, you know, if she went home this episode and this was the impression that she gave into the workroom, that would have been awful in my opinion. And the thing is, 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 like, I definitely feel like she'll definitely have more moments to show this, but just, I don't know, like, I just don't get that from this look and this headband, the floral headband, you know, that's holding, you know, in between the bang and the big puffy hair. Like, I don't know, like, I really love her personality and I definitely feel like she's going to do decently well this season. I really love her makeup and I really, ooh, ooh! Sorry, I just saw the clip of her out of drag. Ooh, I forgot how fine she was. Ooh! Although I'm gagging because I saw a meme on Twitter where somebody said that it looks like the chef from Ratatouille. <laughs> 
Oh, some of the Drag Race fans are fucking funny. But no, like, I do really like her personality. And, like, I do really love her. I just hate this entrance look. Oh, it just bothers me. I don't know. But I really do like her. Like, I'm really hoping that she does well. And sadly, I am going to have to give this a boot. I'm so sorry. You only just got a boot, though. Because I really don't hate it. I just wish that it showed a lot more of your personality and, like, who you are as a drag queen. Okay, so next we have the Vixen. And I am actually rooting for this girl, Hardcore. I really love her. I knew of her before she was um, on Drag Race, you know, through Shea Coulee's song, Cocky, where she has a rap verse in there. She seems like a really fierce queen who, like, knows how to dance, you know, knows how to be, like, that lip-sync assassin girl. I do feel like she's really going to go far. However, with this look, I've gave it a safe toot. Just because I really love the creativity of this look. Like, I love the, like, knee-high, thigh-high socks. Um, I love, you know, the heel. Overall, I love the outfit, but it's just a bit all over the place, girl. You know, um, I love the Chicago part at the top and I love her hair. But it's just like, you know, there's pizzas on there. Um, oh, wait, I've just got it. Oh, I've just literally got it. I'm so fucking stupid. She's trying to show everything that Chicago is. So she has like a Ferris wheel on there, a pizza. Um, is the skirt supposed to represent skyscrapers? I think. I get what she was trying to do, but I'm still gonna give this a, a just barely safe too, just because the elements are just weird. Like, she's got like that Viking horn at the top, and like, I know that I've just got that it's trying to represent Chicago, but at the same time, it's like, it's just a bit all over the place. But sis, I am rooting. But sis, I am rooting for you, and whoever said, I bet she's a Taurus when she walked in and said, I'm gonna fight, me and that person can be best friends. Because I'm that kind of Zodiac queen where I'm, like, looking at someone like, oh, I know your Zodiac sign. <laughs> and out of drag, she's fucking gorgeous as well. Like, I live for her hair. Like, she's just beautiful. Okay, so next we have Vanessa Banji. Wait, what was her full name? <laughs> Vanessa... Oh, Vanessa Vanji Mateo. That's who. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've given this outfit a toot. But I am kind of over the cage dress. I just feel like it's been done a lot in terms of drag race. But hers was well done. Hers was well done. You know, I've seen other girls where, like, the cage is a different colour and it just kind of looks like it's sat on top. But hers was, like, well-constructed. Like, the overall outfit was aesthetically pleasing because from head to toe, like, you can tell that she's delivering a look. Like, every part of it is detailed and that's what I'm living for when it comes to this look. So... Vanessa gets a two. Also, I absolutely love her personality, but let's just gag on the fact that she said that, you know, she wanted to continue Alexis Mateo's legacy, yet she goes home on the first episode. <laughs> also, I have to agree with Miss Cracker. I literally forgot who Alexis Mateo was until I remembered that she was the one that did the whole BAM thing. Okay, so last but least <laughs> is Aquaria Bonjour. Oh, I have a lot of things to say about Miss Aquaria because I've been following her before she was on Drag Race. She's definitely one of the most successful girls on like Instagram and social media when it comes to, you know, before she was even on the show. I think she had like 180k on Instagram. And for a queen that's not been on Drag Race yet, that is really like a high achievement in my opinion. Okay, so let's get into the things that I have to say when it comes to Aquaria. Um, I toot the look. I'm all about bringing trends from years ago and making them look chic and, you know, making them look like they belong nowadays as well. Like, I love the whole mullet wig. Like, I absolutely live. Wig? Did you just say wig? <laughs> wig. I know. I felt that already. But no, like, I love the hair. I love the vinyl, like, latex dress. Not dress, sorry. Skirt. And the also, like, latex belt that's covering the titties. I love the gloves. Again, very much like my aesthetic. I, like, live for this look, so she gets a toot as well. But you know what I'm gonna boot, sis? That ego. So this is something that I have an issue with. She came in and she said, all the queens know who I am, and I know that they're gag to see me here. Okay, but the gag is, she needs to turn that ego down, because a lot of people know who Mayhem Miller was before even being on Drag Race. But you didn't see Mayhem walk into the workroom and say, Oh, every girl knows me. Oh, oh, I am, you know, I am everything. Oh, I am a superstar. Like, yes, bitch. You know, she didn't come in like that. And as much as I love Aquarian, and I'm all about, you know, loving yourself and, you know, boosting your own ego up, you know, saying that you are the best and stuff like that, I just think this ego was a bit like, oh, sis, just be quiet while you walk in, you know? <laughs> you know, like, she'd be leaving a bad taste in people's mouth. Like, I think she's a great queen and 
Adore Delano is right, you know, when she said that she's going to revolutionise uh, drag because of her makeup looks and her outfit looks. I definitely agree with that. But she just, this ego just needs to turn down. And already I am so over this Aquaria and Cracker makeup drama. Or as I like to call it, a quacker. <laughs> they have the same brows, cut crease, nose contour and lip shape. Now that being said, I will say a lot of queens do look alike. You know, people always try and put queens against each other. Like, oh, these two have the same lip shape. These two have the same makeup style. These two have the same eye makeup, blah, 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 blah. I think what sets the differences between these two is that Miss Cracker, to me, is so much more funny. I feel like she's going to do better in the acting challenges. She does so herself, so I do feel like she is very creative when it comes to that side as well. But when it comes to Aquaria, I feel like Aquaria is more like model, you know, cunty, um, you know, she's a look queen. And I'm not just trying to say that she's only a look queen, because I know that she as well is a lip sync assassin. I've seen Aquarius lip syncs and they are really good as well. However, I just feel like comparing the two straight off the bat is like, no, because like, they're just so different in my opinion. So I'm kind of already over that. But now let's get on to the mini challenge. Okay, so the mini challenge this week was kind of to basically perform in like a ball type of situation. If you're familiar with Paris is Burning, then obviously you'll understand the concept. But if you don't, then obviously it'll be a bit confusing. But basically, I guess the challenge was just for them to walk down the runway and kind of look fierce and serve it the best. Um. So yeah, I mean, a bit of a confusing challenge, in my opinion, you know, it's a bit confusing because it's like what is good and what isn't. In my opinion, it was whoever delivered the most, you know, energetic runway walk won, basically. So yeah. And basically, Eureka was up first and she walked into the room and she was surrounded by the Drag Race alumni from the other seasons and bitch, they looked fucking they look like they could have cut a bitch. They all look like they could have grabbed Eureka and pulled her clothes off and ripped her in half. Like, that's how, like, fierce and cunty they looked. Okay, so, with Eureka, I agree with what Miss Kasha Davis said. I think it was her. Where she said that Eureka needed to have maybe a little bit more energy. In my opinion, she just needed to smile more. She looked a bit too serious. Like, I don't mind being serious, but at first she looked serious and then she needed to loosen up a little bit. But she, you know, just seemed a bit kind of um, stiff and she looked scared on her face. But I was literally screaming when she nearly fell. Like, that is something I would do because that floor looks fucking slippy. Like, the queens would have been better doing this on a carpet. <laughs> but that, like, shiny floor, like, if that was me in my heels, I'd be straight to the floor. <laughs> okay, so next was Mayhem and, oh my god, she was so fierce so fierce that cartwheel that she did in that long gown like that long gown was like tight like you can't literally spread your legs so wide apart to do a cartwheel in that kind of gown and like the fact that she did absolutely loved it and I was gagging and I agree with what Trixie said where she said you know if four people were controlling my limbs I still wouldn't be able to do a cartwheel in this outfit <laughs> okay Miss Cracker was then after and I really loved hers as well like she was really fierce like giving it but also she was having a good time with it and smiling I really loved her like comedy side to it because they used one of these clips for the trailer where it looked like she broke her back or something but I just really love that like that's her comedy like her pretending like oh my back hurts when she gets up and stuff like that because like you know it's funny and like if I'm being honest the way to Ru's heart is like just to literally be hilarious. So yeah, I love Miss Cracker and I knew that her and Bob were friends but Bob was there like, that's my baby! And like, I love that kind of friendship. Like these girls were all voguing the house down like I live. Okay, so the next was Asia and she was serving in my opinion. Like she started off a bit rocky with that like weird walk that looked like all of her limbs were like falling apart but then after that like she was serving and her and Peppermint actually look really similar when it comes to like the facial side but Asia was fierce like she was flipping the hair all apart, you know, just walking sassy down there, like, I kind of lived. Okay, so the next was Calorie Kardashian. She was also very fierce, again, with the twerking. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about that. But the split that she did was fierce. But I was literally gagging at Mariah Balenciaga saying, I saw the fishnets and they were ripped. <laughs> and the next was Monique Hart. Again, she's literally stole my heart. The hair was everything, like, you know, the way that the outfit moved for this challenge was, like, gorgeous. I feel like that was the key to, like, owning this challenge, was having a nice outfit that moved as well. And I fucking screamed when Derek Barry said, and there was a hem everywhere. <laughs> I love when drag race queens are, like, aware of, like, the online jokes that are made of them, that, like, they take it into person. And then after was the Vixen, and she came in fucking front rolling, voguing, bitch. She was serving it up. And then the dips that she did... 
oh, but the outfit was falling apart. But still, I'd rather the outfit be falling apart in a good way because she's serving than, you know, falling apart by her just walking. But, yeah. <laughs> I agree with Juju. Hot glue that shit, sew that shit. Okay, so the next was Dusty Ray Bottoms, and thank God she ripped that shirt open because that bra underneath was more fierce than that white t-shirt, girl. But other than that, she was... I mean, she was serving, like, that kind of scream gothy vibe, but in a way, she was kind of lackluster. Like, you know, she was just kind of throwing the, like, tall dress about, but other than that, like, she was okay. And the next was Yuha, and I think, I hope I've said that right again. But again, she was just really cunty as well. Like, you know, she did that, like, attempt at a cartwheel, and that was just so funny. Again, she was really comedic in her, like voguing ball. I still don't understand what this, like, fucking mini challenge was. But, you know, she was serving it up. She was serving comedy, and I think she did really well. And the next was Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. And, ooh, she was serving? Like, come on, she was serving death drop. She was all about hair. She was, like, really bringing, like, the cuntiness. Like, I really love that, like, spin death drop dip that she did. Like, she was really, like, cunty. I loved hers. And the next was Cameron. I don't know. It was kind of sexy. Like, I feel like she's going for, like, that sexy vibe of, like, throwing the hair about. But it just kind of, like... I mean, the split was okay. But she was just kind of giving me, like, white girl walking down the runway, like, oh, watch me pose, shake my hair. <laughs> like, I don't know. But she was good. I mean, she was aight. She was alright. And the next we have Monet, and oh my god, she deserved to win this challenge. Also, when Bob's... And also when Bob started talking, I thought she was going to be like, oh, that looks like me. <laughs> but oh my god, when she did the dip three times, like genius so funny she knew exactly what to do when it came to this challenge and then after was Blair St. Clair thank god she took that trench coat off because I love that dress underneath a lot more again Blair was kind of she didn't really bring a lot of energy but you know you could tell that she was having fun with it okay so next was Aquaria and she took off her little skirt thing and then it revealed into like a thong which I lived and loved to be honest actually and when she nearly fell on Jinx I was like oh my god is she gonna jump from there <laughs> poor Jinx she was Shook. Shook. Her wig nearly came off. <laughs> okay, so then we get back into the workroom. And I find it kind of, like, cute and funny that Yuha did not know which girl was which out of, like, the black queens. <laughs> like, it just sounded like so typical white person. Like, oh my god, I can't tell which one is which. But if I am being honest here... I kind of forgot, you know when like Asia was out of drag, I kind of forgot like who she was. Like that sounds really bad, but like I just feel like she didn't really, you know, kind of stand out in terms of this episode. You know, she was just kind of like, so out of the black girls, I understand why like Yuha was probably like, wait, which one are you again? Wait, where were? Because like, yeah. But in my opinion, I wouldn't confuse them because they do have really distinctive like different looks, definitely. And then the next thing was, you know, every girl in the workroom gagging over Miss Cameron. Um, you know, saying that she's trade just because she has a six-pack. I don't know. Like, she, she's cute. I'll give it to her. She's she's hot. But, I mean, she's packing down south. But, I mean, I just... I'm not, like, gagging over her. I find Dusty to be a lot more cuter. Is that wrong? I mean, I don't know if she's got a better or worse body. But the face is right on Dusty. But Miss Calorie was ready to eat up all of Cameron's meat. <laughs> okay, so then, like I already said, I'm really, like, happy that Monet won this challenge. She definitely did really serve it. In a weird way, I kind of wish that she did have another reveal when it came to that, you know, runway ball challenge, because then I feel like it really would have, like, made it even more fiercer. But overall, she really did deserve to win that challenge. I definitely feel like it should have been her. Or, mm, what did I say, Miss Cracker? maybe. But she definitely deserved to win that challenge. Okay, so then we find out that the main challenge for this week, the first week, is Drag on a Dime, referencing to the first ever episode of RuPaul's Drag Race on season one. And you know that when Ru said that, a lot of the girls were probably thinking, wait, what was the first? What was the first challenge again? Because even I had to think about that for a second, because I think I've, I've, ne I've never even watched, like, season one of RuPaul's Drag Race in full, because the quality is horrific, and so is the runway, and, oh, like, I, I'm one of those people that when it comes to, like, videos and stuff, I need to see it in, like, full HD, decent quality, but, like, season one of Drag Race is literally in, like, sepia. <laughs> the only reason I knew that the first challenge was uh, Drag on a Dime was because of season eight, I believe, on that first episode. Okay, and I need to point this out because it's so fucking funny to me, but when RuPaul says... Isn't there any more when it comes to, like, them bringing out the trolleys? They bring out this giant trolley out of nowhere, and I'm just wondering how the hell they, like, fit that in the building. Because that did not fit through one of the Drag Race doors, let's be honest. 
<laughs> okay, so then we see all the girls go and rummage and grab for their items. And can I just say, I actually really love this challenge because as a baby drag queen, I know that my drag literally consists of sticking shit to my body, sticking shit to already, like, you know, bought garments because... Like, when you are, like, a baby drag queen, like, you know, for me anyways, I don't know how to sew, but I have friends and family that sew for me when I need something, like, professionally done. <laughs> I do really want to learn it myself, but it's just making the time for it. But in terms of drag on a dime, like, I feel like this is definitely a challenge that they should have on, like, every drag race season, in my opinion. Just because, like, it's so like just fun. It's fun to see them do. And I feel like it's definitely a fun thing to compete in. You know what I mean? Like it's a fun thing. You just grab whatever you want. Let's make some shit out of it. <laughs> okay, so then we see Vanessa say that she really wants to do a kind of princess look, which in my opinion, it didn't look that princessy on the runway. However, I'm kind of glad that it wasn't stereotypical, you know, princessy because in my opinion that's not very like original when it comes to drag race like oh i'm gonna do a princess like like it's kind of overdone at this point if you know what i mean the vixen i was rooting for so hard and i'll give my opinions on the runway in a little while however the fact that she's using those like pool noodles to like make an outfit and the fact that she's like ripping and pulling every piece off like it's one of those like cheese that you can buy from like dairily where you like pull the strings off like to me that that, that was everything because if i was to like cut a pool noodle even in half I guarantee you it would not be even. <laughs> also, I found it like really cute when Miss Cracker was talking about how like when she was young, you know, her parents didn't have a lot of money and she was like kind of, you know, I don't want to say came from a poor family, but she was, you know, she was kind of poor. Let's just say that. And she said about like how her mother had to like say, go and get some garbage and make an outfit by sunset. I thought that that was kind of funny just because in the moment when she said that, all I could think about was like some small little 12 year old boy rummaging the streets through the bins. Like, I need to make an outfit. <laughs> Like, can you imagine walking down the street and just seeing a 12-year-old, like, dunking in the bin? Like, mm, this would be a cute hat. <laughs> but no, I thought that was, like, a really cute story that she shared. Why have I wrote in my notes twice, Dusty Ray is cute out of drag wig? <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl, I've already said that enough this episode. What I found funny about Yuha is that, obviously, um, you know, they were trying to say don't do something so stereotypical with the caution tapes that she was using for her, you know, gown that she made. But as a huge Gaga fan myself, I know for a fact that if I was on this episode and I saw caution tape, you bet your ass that I would like fucking wrap that caution tape all around my legs, all around my neck, all around my chest. Like I'd basically be nude and just covered in caution tape and I'd probably get red for being like Gaga, but you know what? <laughs> It'd be worth it. See, that's a bad thing in me is that I'm literally there like, oh my God, it's like Gaga. But then like, sis, this is drag race. Like you need to do something original. I have a lot to learn anyways. <laughs> also, I found it really weird that Yuha said that um, the Vixen looked like she was going to be in the bottom three. And I've seen some other people say this online, but in my opinion, obviously I will talk about the runway like, literally in a few minutes but still the vixen's like outfit to me was incredible just like how she transformed those pool noodles into like such like a 3d outfit it kind of reminded me of not to speak about gaga again but it reminded me of gaga at the bonus way ball where like she had this like kind of terminator outfit it's very like alien and mugler to me you know it's kind of like terminator and like very alien films it reminds me of and her outfit just reminded me of that and like I just thought it was so beautiful like the way she crafted it I just thought was amazing and I didn't really understand why a lot of people online were maybe saying oh you know yeah she should have been the bottom or Yuha said that as well because I don't know like yeah I get that it's kind of an easy thing to do just to cut up pool noodles and put it around but like I feel like to execute that and like to make it look good like takes a lot of talent and I just want to talk about Monique for a second because this bitch literally does my silhouette. Like, that whole crop top, skirt, dress thing. Oh, I live. I just live for, like, a two-piece thing. And the thing is, the fact that she's doing, like, the Queen of Hearts two-piece thing for this challenge, and I absolutely love that. Like, I feel like me and Monique have a lot in common. Like, the more I'm seeing of her, the more I'm, like, loving her. Like, as the episode goes on, I'm like, yes, bitch. Slowly becoming Team Monique. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this whole makeup situation. So... Miss Cracker and Aquaria do the same kind of turned up sad eyebrows. Now, what annoys me about this scene is that Drag Race has the original tapes, and I don't know if they're like editing it the way that they want the um, audience to receive it. But what I found funny is that, you know, Miss Cracker showed everyone that she has this, you know, uh, scrapbook notebook of all of the makeup looks that she's done. And in all honesty, I would do the exact same thing if I was on Drag Race, just so I can, like, you know, see references of what I've done in the past and, like, kind of interpretate it into the looks that I want to do on Drag Race. You know, that's if my past looks are amazing and I want to take that on Drag Race. But what I found weird is that 
maybe she already had like a picture of herself with those eyebrows on in the scrapbook. Because I've seen Aquaria and Cracker do this before on Instagram. And let's be honest, they're not the first. They're not the first drag queens to do it and they're not the first makeup artists to do it. I've seen it on Dior, Haute Couture, like back in early 2000s when they did like, you know, the sad turned up eyebrows for the like Haute Couture runway looks. And I've... And I follow many other drag queens on Instagram that do those brows as well when they want to do like sad looks or do looks when they want to do like a nun or something like like that. I've actually wanted to do it as well. Like I've thought about it so much, um, but I need like a complete look if I was going to do brows like that. But I need like a full look if I was going to do brows like that and like commit to it. But what I found funny is that like Aquaria was there like, oh, she's copying me. But like I said, like Drag Race has the original tapes. They could have started at the same time and then it wouldn't have been Miss Cracker copying you. Because in my opinion, Miss Cracker looked like she was further on done with her makeup in comparison to Aquaria. I might have to double check that, but just in my opinion from what I saw this morning. Because I think it just goes back to like that scrapbook thing of like, she probably has that photograph in there, like ready for this first look, like, you know, that reference. And just this whole copying makeup like argument debacle is just getting annoying. Also, what was weird to me is that Aquaria was so hung up on like this whole eyebrow situation that like, I don't understand just because she put on that wig after that like had bangs and it covered like most of her eyebrow, like the inner part anyways. So it was like, no one could really tell that they were turned up like anyways, so yeah. And also Eureka like turning around and saying, oh, I just saw. I love that scene because that is me when like one of my friends is like, oh my God, look behind you, but don't make it like obvious. I'm the full person that turns around and I'm there like, I just saw, oh my god. Okay, so then it's time for the runway. And Rue looks fucking amazing. I was trying to think of a better word than amazing because amazing is not enough for this look. Although it kind of annoys me that we've already kind of seen this look because it was all over the RuPaul like, you know, promotional videos and stuff for like this season. But still, I'm glad that we saw it like kind of in person as opposed to, you know, just for the promotional stuff. She looked phenomenal. You can tell that Raven and Delta are getting better and better at the hair as it goes on. I love this jumpsuit again with the pattern down it that RuPaul is wearing. Absolutely stunning. And I absolutely love the hair as well, in all honesty. Also, I love that before the runway, they had like clips of like kimchi fixing the lights and like Derek Barry, you know, doing the sound. Like if they don't keep that in all season, I'll be so mad because it was so good. Okay, so now bring it to the runway. We have Aquaria first as Little Bo Peep, which I thought... She did look really fierce, but I think I've kind of seen it before in terms of following Aquaria before Drag Race. I've kind of seen it. Am I the only one that if, like, I was a drag queen and I already have, like, kind of a big following online, I would kind of do stuff that I've never done before online to keep it, like, a surprise for people? Am I the only one that do that? Anyways, either way, it was fierce, but in my opinion, it was also very, very safe. But yeah, I loved it either way. Like, I just thought it was a great runway look. Okay, so then after we have Asia O'Hara and... Oh, I don't know how I feel about this look because I literally wrote in my notes, hmm, the headpiece, yes, but boot. Because I agree, like, the headpiece is really fierce for this, like, challenge, but I just hate the silhouette of this outfit. I just hate that it's so, like, rainbow. and Like, I don't know, it's like half of me loves it and half of me also hates it and I hate that she also held up that piece of paper that said, pick me. Oh, girl. I'm going to give it a boot, but an absolute toot for that headpiece because I thought that that was amazing, especially for this challenge, but... I just wish the, like, outfit had more of, like, a concept. I understand that she was maybe doing a look that was just, like, the 99 cent store threw up on me, which I kind of get, but I just wish that, like, maybe the outfit had a bit more ordering or kind of a bit more of a pattern than just shit stuck everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's like some of these girls literally just put hot glue on themselves and rolled on the floor. <laughs> okay, so then next we have Calorie Kardashian. And in all honesty, I'm going to have to give this a boot. I just thought it was done very, very messily. Like, ugh, I just... The fact that the back garment was showing from that corset that, like, I don't know if she ran out of paper there where, like, there was a gap, but, like, I just don't know. Because what's confusing is that she missed the gap, yet she had money in her titties to throw during the lip sync, so it's like, mm, sis, couldn't you just, like, use some of those, you know, money notes on the back of that corset? I don't know. But overall, it gets a boot from me just because I thought it looked a little bit rushed. It needed to look a little bit more polished, in my opinion. Okay, so then next we have Blair St. Clair. And I thought this look was really fierce because it was, like, futuristic yet also dark. It, I know this is, like, kind of a reach, but it reminded me of something that, like, would be worn on, like, the Met Gala. 
I know, like, 99 cent store would not be worn on the Met Gala, but you know what I mean? Just, like, kind of the whole silhouette of the outfit and the, you know, shiny metallic fabric of the... What is it again? Is it one of those light reflector things? I forget, but I, an absolute two, and I love the whole back collar thing. She looked really, really fierce and, like, dark and sultry here, which I feel like was, like... She's given us, like, two sides of her this, like, episode, which I absolutely adore because she's given us, like, that girl next door, you know, theatrical girl. And then in this look, she's given us more like dark countess-like vibes. I mean, she looks absolutely killer, so it's an absolute toot from me. Okay, so the next was Dusty. Um, I wrote for my notes, love the concept, but confusing. The reason why I say this is because of everyone else's critique. I forget what Dusty said about the outfit itself, but I was really confused looking at this because I thought, is it supposed to be like a clown? look? Or is it supposed to be like a tin man? Or is it supposed to be like just kind of a normal like gown look? I don't know, it was very confusing to me. I don't know whether I liked the hat or not. Overall it gets a boot from me just because I wish that there was more dimensions. Like, you know how Blair mixed the black and the metallic fabric? I kind of wish there was more of a blend instead of just a whole head-to-toe metallic look. I really thought that, like, the dress looked expensive. Like, from the waist down, an absolute toot, but from the waist up, low-key a boot. Sorry, Dusty. <laughs> okay, so next was Cameron, and again, oh my god, I absolutely hate this look. I don't know why. Please, someone explain to me. I don't know what Cameron's aesthetic is, but why is her drag look so far giving me, like, why does she look older than what she is? Is it the way that she's painting or is it the way that she's making these outfits? So I'll be completely honest, I love the way that she did work with what she was given in this challenge. However, I just hate this whole, I just, I just hate this head to toe look. I don't know if it's the hat or the hair. There's something about her drag style that just, like, this looks very, like, 40-year-old mum that's trying to look hip and current that's going for a picnic in the park. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't like it. <laughs> it just doesn't look fierce enough for season 10. It just looks very safe. It gets a strong boot from me. I don't know the earrings and just every, I don't know. It's, oh, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know, but there's something about this that I just hate. She just looks very old, and I don't know why. I just... Anyways, boo. This looks like something that, like, Kasia Davis would have worn in a challenge or something. Okay, so next we have Monet Exchange. And I love this look. The bangles on the one hand, like, the accessories that she had with this outfit, loved. The whole concept she had with this outfit as well, absolutely loved. The one thing that I was afraid of is that she was going to do kind of like a Bob situation. You know where Bob, um, oh, I forgot what the challenge was, was it the paper challenge or the reading challenge? Um, where Bob stuck like those cardboard pieces. I kind of thought Monet Exchange was going to do that with this dress at first. Like I was kind of worried that she was going to do like a corset and stick loads of like sponges on it. Kind of like what Bob did, but like instead she didn't. And I kind of like Monet's a little bit more. Sorry about it, Bob. I do kind of wish the gown was a little bit shorter, but she gets away with it because she said, I'm cleaning the floor as I'm walking along. So, I mean, yeah, absolute two. She did that. Okay, so the next was the Vixen. The energy that she brought on this runway reminded me so much of, like, Naomi Campbell, like, just hopping about, looking fierce, turning heads, the hair moving, and the outfit was astonishing. I absolutely love this, like, creation. I may have to buy some pool noodles myself now because I absolutely love this look. An absolute two. I would give it a shoot, but I feel like it's too early on in the competition to give out shoots yet. <laughs> okay, so then next was Mayhem, and I love this look. The inner Lady Gaga fan in me again would have put, like, the gloves on the titties from the applause music video. <laughs> but no, I really like this look because I feel like there's a lot of layers to it in terms of texture. And that's what I really love with this whole outfit. And I love how she keeps like the chest cleavage area wide open. It's a two. And then next was Eureka. Oh. <laughs> I liked this. But I also hate it. Like, I just hate how tacky it is as well. It's just giving me very like Katy Perry California girls. But I thought the skirt was really weird because I feel like it made her look a million times wider. Like, she just looked huge when she walked out, and like, you know, it just looked like that scene out of, you know, Harry Potter where like, remember when that big woman blows up? Yeah, I don't know. It just reminded me of that silhouette, like, just wide. I don't know. I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I mean, it's a very safe too. It's just something that like, I wouldn't ever do. I don't know. I mean, she made it look good though, to say it was a 99 cent store. Like, she created a full, 
Like, she created a full outfit out of it, so good for her. It's just, I wish it had a little bit more taste. <laughs> no pun intended. Okay, so the next was Monique Hart. Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. Bitch, I live. The way that this skirt is moving, the way that it's crafted, and like the bralette top, oh, made out of cards, I love this. And the color and the blue eye makeup, oh, it's giving me very like Queen of Hearts. Like she really did that. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't even notice that. Has she done victory rolls out of... Oh my god, has she made victory rolls out of, like, plastic bags or something? That looks amazing. Oh, I'd love to give this bitch a shoot, but she's getting a toot from me. Okay, so then Vanessa came out, and I actually loved Vanessa's look, in all honesty. I really did. I loved the sequin tights. I loved how it was, like, a kind of pink Barbie look. I know that she said that she was doing princess, but this gave me, like, very, like sweet 16 like you know rich bitch i had this outfit custom made vibes <laughs> you know like i just love the like pink and purple flower print with the dolls kind of just stuck in there and i love the cape she loves the cape can we talk about that she had a cape in the promotional shoot and then now she's got a cape here so yeah so yeah vanessa gets a toot from me i actually love this look okay so the next is yuha hamasaki i hope i said that right again <laughs> i liked her look i'm gonna give her a toot i'm i've literally wrote in my notes work I just feel like caution tape is really hard to like work with because it's been used a lot in terms of drag race and in terms of you know like Lady Gaga doing it herself so it is very hard to like create something brand new out of this. I love the headpiece that she created out of it. I thought that that was very talented because a lot of girls would have just kind of left the headpiece area. I know some girls didn't, some girls didn't but I feel like she definitely needed to like have a headpiece with this look because it would have just been like a little bit too basic but I love the fact that she created like a caution clutch and as well the way that the like dress and gown moved out of this caution tape was just phenomenal. She gets a toot from me and last we have Ms. Cracker and I gagged. I actually gagged. I'm gonna give this bitch a shoot. I don't think I would give her a shoot but I am gonna give her a shoot. I said that I wouldn't give out shoots probably this early but you know what? She gets a shoot. The makeup and the way that she's embodying this sad character, so dramatic. The fact that this, I don't even know what to call it, but the fact that she made that like top out of like the brims of the hats and the way that she's curved it around and gone down with a chest, genius. She's literally made this outfit out of three hats and a shower curtain. Like you wouldn't even look at that pencil skirt and say that that is a shower curtain. Absolutely phenomenal. I lived and loved that look. Okay, so then the next part we have RuPaul telling the people who's safe. Again, I was like, kind of gagged that Cameron was safe, in my opinion. She definitely should have been bottom two. I don't know why, just because, you know, because in my opinion, when it came to the voguing, like, ball challenge, she was kind of just lacklustre. Entrance look. I didn't live for Kelly Mantle either. <laughs> and, like, this challenge, I, I don't know. It just, it didn't please me either. So I just, I just generally thought that she was going to be, like, bottom two, to be honest. But no, she was safe. Also, the fact that Monique Hart and Monet Exchange were, like, safe. I thought that was a gag as well. I think that they should have definitely been in, like, the top lineup as well. Like, Monique Hart has, like, every right to be, like, gagged at that. Same with the Vixen as well. The Vixen definitely should have been in the top. So, yeah, it's a bit confusing to me. But it's not my show and it's not my rules. So what can I say? <laughs> okay, so then after that was done, I gagged. RuPaul's Drag Race gave the gays what they wanted. They introduced Extina as Pheromone. When they did that, I had the biggest grin on my face and I was screaming in my head. You know, because I literally just thought that they'd be like, oh, and here's Christina Aguilera. So like, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that like, RuPaul and like obviously the other people on RuPaul's Drag Race are aware that obviously that like Christina Aguilera and Pheromone get a lot of comparisons due to like how they look. Like I gagged when they introduced Xena as like Pheromone and then she just walked down the runway and there was like, Farrah, uh, how does it feel to be competing again? Like I was just like, yes, but let's talk about Xena. Her makeup artist did her right. He's the guy that does the Kardashians makeup as well, but he did like a good drag beat on her, especially for like a natural girl. I gagged. The gown with the sequins coming all down the front with like the nudity on the sides. Oh, that pink wig that was styled like pheromones to be honest. And that pink like little fur scarf that she's just holding around her. Oh, I love. I got my entire life. And the fact that she like sung that high note as well. <laughs> I love her. I love her to death. Like absolutely stan Extina. Extina is live. 
you better buy her album. It's coming out this year. It's called Liberation. I mean, she keeps saying it's coming out this year. And she's been saying that for the past hmm, five years now. So we'll see. But the audience need to buy the album. You better support her. Okay, so then next it's Deliberation for the top and bottom girls. In my notes, I wrote, Calorie's kind of defensive. And I kind of agree with that just because I wish that she kind of just would have taken her Deliberation. But instead she was there like, oh, well, I feel like a million bucks in this outfit. Like... Girl, you know, the back of your undergarment is showing. You can, like, even see the black on, like, the front where the money is stuck on. Like, I appreciate the efforts that she's gone to to make, like, the origami, like, out of the front parts, but, like, you can still see the black underneath. Fair is if the undergarments were white, then maybe you might have been able to pass that off. But when you have such a different, like, contrasting colours when it comes to, like, creating an outfit and you're sticking something on top of something that is on the opposite colour spectrum. It's kind of like, sis, we see the mistake that you've made. <laughs> okay, and the next, I was like kind of annoyed already because it's episode one and they're already like having a go at Dusty Ray about the whole dotted makeup look that she does, which by the way, I think is gorgeous. You know, I live for freckles. I love a little spotty makeup look. I love when people do like colour dots and stuff when it comes to like eye makeup or like face makeup. I live. But already Michelle's there with an issue. She's there like, hmm, I'm looking forward to seeing a spot-free makeup look from you, Dusty. It's like, sis, this is the first episode. You can't just let her settle in with her signature look. And I love it, in my opinion. It's very, like, grunge. And it's very, like, who she said that she, like, is. Michelle better calm down. Oh, my God. And next on my notes, I wrote, Oh, my God, Mayhem, stop crying. <laughs> oh, my God. And Ms. Cracker is hilarious. I knew that she was hilarious already, but the way that she was speaking to ruin the judges reminded me so much of, like, Trixie Mattel and how quick-witted Trixie Mattel is. Like, Miss Cracker is up there in terms of comedy already. And, the, and like, this is the first episode. <laughs> the fact that she said... Uh, the fact that she said that her bride... The fact that she said that her drag name was going to be Brie on a Cracker, like the snack, and the fact that she also said there is no accidents in fisting. I live for this bitch. I live for her. Like, I'm becoming more and more team Miss Cracker as the episode goes along. I'm like, yes, bitch. Like, she's serving us her brand. Like, she already was before she was on Drag Race, but, like, while she's on here, she's doing the exact same thing, and I'm 100% standing for her. Okay, so another thing that I found a bit weird was the fact that Michelle kind of had a go at, like, Vanessa, you know, saying to her, I wish your silhouette was kind of cinched more in because you guys have covered your undergarments that are all cinching you in and giving you shape, and you guys are kind of covering that shape. The issue that I have here is that Fashion is what you make of it. It's 2018 and at this point, you know, fashion doesn't have to be all about a cinched in waist, a wide hip, you know, or anything like that. You know, like, fashion nowadays can be as big and as weird as you want it to and you can have the weirdest, craziest shape. I don't like how it's becoming this, like, you know, typical thing with queens with, like, cinched in waist, big hips, you know... Big, but you know, like the queens look good when they do give themselves like body, and their clothes are really like skin tight, and you can see all that body. But the thing is, is at the same time, we shouldn't shun the girls that are doing something, you know, a little bit like wider and crazy. I know I said something about Eureka's outfit earlier, but in all honesty, I do stand by that just because, in my opinion, the silhouette was not like nice. It just looked like she was wearing like a parachute as a skirt, like it just looked huge. But the thing that I'm saying with Vanessa's look is that, in my opinion, it wasn't that ugly. Was it top two material? Absolutely not. But I don't think that she should have been bottom for that look at all. And I like like dresses and outfits like that where, like, you know, there is a lot of texture. And yes, her outfit, her, like, leotard flower friggin' Barbie doll outfit did have a lot of texture to it, hence why it was giving off a weird shape. But I, like, enjoy that. And I don't understand why, like, you know, Michelle said that. I mean, I get why she said that. It's so predictable of Michelle. But I just wish that she kind of would have, you know cut us some slack for the first episode instead of trying to say, you know, oh, cinch yourself in, give yourself, you know, a good shape. Because with fashion and silhouette, it's what you want to make of it. You know, not everyone wants to look like that. Again, for you, Heart, I've just wrote predictable in my notes just because it was kind of annoying hearing the judges be like, oh, it's so predictable, we've seen it before, it's so predictable, then why include it in a challenge? You know, how much, like, what much more can she really do with this caution tape that's just hanging? You know, like, really, what more can she do with that? She looked bomb, whatever, I'm moving on to the next point. <laughs> so in my next note, I wrote, Miss Cracker should have won, because in my opinion, I do feel like she should have won. Based off of the entire episode, I do feel like she should have won, because I loved her runway look, I loved her humour, I loved what she served in the Voguing Ball mini challenge as well. 
That that being said, if Monet Exchange was probably in the top lineup, she probably would have won as well, in my opinion. By that, I'm not saying Mayhem should have, like, not won because her outfit was fierce and was deserving of a win as well. But to me, the fact that, like, Miss Cracker did all of that out of, like, three hats <laughs> and a shower curtain, like, it gags me. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to the lip sync, which I got my life from again, which was Christina Aguilera Ain't No Other Man, which I was kind of... I don't know if I... Do I dare say this? I love that song, like, to death. You know, like, I have it on my music library. I play it every day. I just kind of wish that, like, the lip sync song was something else. I wish that it was, like, Dirty by Christina Aguilera or that it was, like, Fighter or maybe Come On Over Baby or something like that where there's more of, like, room in the song to do some choreography. You know, Ain't No Other Man is, like, very, very fast and, like, high-paced. And I feel like these queens could not really keep up with the song, in my opinion. I wrote on my notes, I put, Calorie is serving. I actually didn't think Calorie was going to give a lot this lip sync, and I thought, oh, Vanessa's obviously going to stay. She has the most personality. Her outfit looked better than, you know, Miss Calorie's. But in terms of the lip sync, Calorie was serving. You know, she was hitting every, like, word of that lip sync. You know, when, when the lip sync started out, Vanessa, like, in my opinion, was too slow um, in terms of catching up with the words of the song. You know, either she didn't know the lyrics or, you know, she just couldn't really keep up with the song. Because in my notes, I wrote, Vanessa is a bad lip syncer. there's no emotion, not really following the words. And I stand by that. I'm not trying to say that she's a really terrible lip syncer. I just feel like in this song, you know, the lip syncing was a little bit off. And I do feel like she wasn't smiling and having a lot of fun with it. While Calorie was, you know, there smiling like, ain't no other man, you know. She was smiling with the song, she was giving the emotions over. While Vanessa looked like she was trying too hard to, like, focus. But bitch, when Calorie took the money out of tits and then jumped into a split, oh, she did so right there. She pulled that out of the bag because she knew probably that she was going to go home this episode. She knew, so she she planned that while she was making out of it. She said, look, I ain't going home, baby. I've got the gags in my tits. I'm going to pull this money out and you're all going to gag. But I live for that. And even, like, Vanessa after, you know, she... I think she tried to do a dip or something. Well, she did do a dip. But, bitch, her shoe went flying up in the air. I'm surprised someone didn't lose an eye, but it was fierce. <laughs> and in my opinion, I really do think Calorie did deserve to say. Like, she served it. I'm, I'm definitely going to miss um, Miss Vanessa. She did have a lot of personality. I do feel like she did definitely have a lot more to show. I honestly, in my opinion, I thought Vanessa was at least going to go halfway. But the gag is, they're all winners. You know, you've got on RuPaul's Drag Race. This is season 10. And... Nobody in this episode really flopped hard. But, you know, in all honesty, they are all winners because, you know, this is season 10 of Drag Race, the Olympics of drag, and they made it, so they should really be happy and content with that. You know, you don't go home a loser, you go home a winner. A lot of people will know your name after this episode, so, you know, just be grateful. Okay, so I better go before I start rambling. I promise the next podcast will not be this long. I know I said I wanted to keep it 30 minutes to an hour long. If it has gone over that, I am sorry, but this is the first episode. We do have a lot to discuss because there were 14 new girls in the workroom, so we had to, you know, talk about them a lot, our opinions on each girl, how they entered, you know, how they delivered in the challenges, so I do apologise that this was kind of a long episode. I know the next podcast will probably go a lot more easy because... We don't have to do all these introductions. <laughs> and the next episode of Drag Race, I believe, is Farm Rusi, I think it was called. Farm Rusi. Farm Rusi. Apparently, it's an acting challenge where they're in a pharmacy. I have no idea what the writers of Drag Race are thinking when they wrote that one. So, yeah, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to add it to your library if you are listening in iTunes, so you will be notified when a new one comes out. And if you're listening on YouTube.com slash This Is Ollie Green, be sure to leave a like and comment so I know that you enjoyed my first ever podcast. If you've somehow stumbled across me on this podcast, then you can follow me on Instagram at Amen Fashion, Twitter at Makeup by Ollie, Snapchat at It's Ollie Green, and YouTube at Vanity Forever X. And this is Ollie Green. That's in case you don't know who I am and you've just randomly got here. <laughs> so thank you for listening and I will see you guys in the next podcast. Bye!